Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you today. We got Jimmy Bowen coming on. He's done some great things. He's doing some great things, and we're excited to talk to him a little bit about his story, his singing, his acting, and also talk about music, of course. So, Jimmy, are you here? Good to be here, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Looking forward to this. <laughs> It's our pleasure. You know, again, our show is one of them that we like to be laid back, have fun, and get serious when it needs to be. <laughs> there you go. That's the only way to be. The only way to be. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, now, I like to start the show out the same way, which means you did talk a little bit about this before the show. But I like to start the same way. We're in a weird year this year, you know, 2020. <laughs> yes. Who could have figured? Yes, we are. Um, and. Hopefully next year I will not have to start the show like this, but since we are, how has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Well, COVID has been really detrimental to road dates. Um, we spent a lot of time on the road doing live shows, and with all this uh, pandemic going on, it, it keeps us from mm-hmm. doing interviews, live interviews with D- DJs and, and folks like yourself mm-hmm. going to a studio or what have you. Yeah. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's not completely out of the, the live shows. So I stood back and said, I'd always wanted, um, since I got into acting several a couple of years ago, I'd always wanted my own television show. And so what I did was I just said, well, okay, since we can't work the road, since we can't do this and we're all supposed to stay home, now's the time to do a TV show. So (laughs) that was the birth of Jimmy Bone and Friends, and we filmed our – we actually filmed our first episode. The first episode's out. Um, Mm -hmm. It is on several networks, and we can go through that once we get to that. But that's how I kind of worked around it. I just – uh, we we started filming this television show when we filmed twelve episodes and thirty minute shows and some music variety show, and that's kind of way we worked around it. And right now, with not knowing exactly what's going to happen, we're starting to work now on the second season. So we're going to start filming yeah. the second season in January. So we're, I'm using television. I'm using television as my outlet right now. You know. <laughs> Which which can be a good thing. It may help me down the road, yeah. you know, once we get back out on exactly. the road. So, <clears throat> and, and, and yeah. you know, we de- we definitely understand where you're coming from because we launched our show January 3rd of this year, and mm-hmm. our original plan was 80 to 100 interviews our first year, probably about 100 interviews. I, I felt like you know what, if we did 100 interviews our first year, we'd probably be ahead of most people who do interviews. You know, because I don't know too many people that can say, no, hey, yeah. I did 100 interviews my very first year. Yeah. Then COVID happens, and I told Sandy, right. you know what? This is our opportunity to shine because all these artists and other people need a place to to rant oh, yeah. or whatever and to talk. And I was like, you know what? We're going to give them that. And we stepped it up, and because of that, you are 247th interview this year. Really? <laughs> that is wonderful, man. And you're right. I mean, everybody's starving. They're just – it's just starving to to do what they do with their craft, and whether it be mm-hmm. just interviews, whether it be yeah, you know, it's just they they want to do something to express themselves, and this whole mess has just hindered every artist. And it doesn't matter yeah. what genre of music you're in, you know, it's just it's yeah. just it's killed it. And yeah. and I just uh, I hope and pray that it's not going to be this is not going to be the whole new norm, you know. I hope this mess will just go away and 
And but I don't know. I mean, it, I, it's it's kind of scary. I, I at the think same we'll time, have you know? I think we'll have a new norm. I just don't think it'll be this year's yeah. norm. Yeah. I think I think there'll be something. In, and I'll be honest, I've seen a concert in another um, country. And Sandy and I actually like this idea. It had like pods for each family um, at this concert, and and we're like, you know what? As a concert goer, I would act with a family. I like that idea. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, with a family. You know, when I was younger, yeah, I would love to be in the crowd, and you know. But as with a family of four, you kind of it's kind of tough to do that. So these little po- bunch of little pods out, I'm like, hmm, that actually might be a benefit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so before we really dig into your story, I always like to um, go a little light. So um, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Well, outside of music, um, I'm a, uh, I like to be near the water. I like to, you know, the jet skiing thing, the uh, skiing, boating, anything like that. And then I actually, my wife, my wife thinks I have a, a death wish, but I actually took on a project <laughs> about two years ago and, and and went and got a private pilot's license. So oh wow, I like to, yeah, I like to get up and I like to get up and fly around about seven or eight thousand feet above the air and 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 look down below and. Count how many swimming pools around my living area. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love I love I love flying. So I just I just bit the bullet and went out and and uh, took the training and the classes and this that and the other and got my pilot's license and and uh, um, working toward aggressing with that. But I like to do that. Mm. So yeah. anything dealing with the water and anything dealing with the air, really, I just I just love, yeah. you know, being in the air. Everybody, you know, well, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Well, it's not really, but it's just, it's really a, it's almost really a sanctuary. You know, you get up about <laughs> seven or eight thousand feet in the air, and there's nothing, especially on a gorgeous day. You know, and 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 there's mm-hmm. very little crosswind. You can just get there and just it's mm-hmm. it's, it's peaceful. It's very yeah. peaceful and. Get to see the world from a different perspective, you know, and uh, yeah. So that's kind of what I like to do. I like to go fly as much as I can, and um, and get around the water as much as I can, you know. Uh, that's that's yeah. what I like to do. Um, yeah, and ta- but, and speaking of water, you know, see, next year we're planning on moving out to Nashville. Cause we're in Savannah, Georgia, yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, the hardest part for me is going to be. I've been a coastal guy all my life, or at least most of my life, yeah, you know, since age fourteen, and. And to leave the coast, that's that's going to be – that's probably my sticking point. Now, granted, we're moving. Nashville makes the most sense for what we do for our kids and everything. We're definitely moving. But still, that's still tough for me to say, oh, God, I'm leaving the coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I, I You know, I couldn't – you know, I've always gone because I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I always, always mm-hmm. go to the – the you know down to the beach Myrtle Beach or whatever and loved it down there you know and it's I get down there and I just couldn't imagine living down yeah. there and being near the water and doing that and then leaving you know mm. somebody like me who doesn't live down there but like you guys you know that that's a that's kind of a big step you know especially when you enjoy the water and being around the coast and that kind of thing you know um, <laughs> yeah that's so. like um this coming Saturday we're shooting up to Charleston for the day. You know, because, oh, you know, we take Charleston. a lot of day trips, and, and although Savannah's great, but you know what? We like to get away for a day, and char- we go to Charleston a lot. We go to Jacksonville a lot. You know, as you notice, 
they both have the same theme, the coast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I went to school in Char- in Charleston. I love Charleston. Uh-huh. Yeah, I lived there. I went to the Citadel in Charleston. And uh, oh, okay. The mil- yeah, the military school. So huh. um class of eighty five down there and I, I love Charleston. Uh that that's that's one place my wife asked me, she goes, If we ever had to leave, you know, our area of Nashville, where would you go? I said, I'd really try to find a place in Charleston. Oh, wow. I love Charleston. That place yeah. has grown. I, I remember 20, 30 years ago when we first moved to Savannah here, me and my parents. Um, Savannah and Charleston were about the same population back then. They were, they, they, you know, it's a, Charleston is the sister city to Savannah and vice versa. And now right. Savannah, the Savannah area, our population is approximately 400,000. Their population is approximately 860,000. Huh. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Charleston has just exploded. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and you know, it, it it's exploded and it's also got expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, from where from, from Oh, oh I know. I know it just seems like seems like everything's going <laughs> up every time you go somewhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us tell everybody a little bit of where you're from originally, you know, and I, we, I think we hit a little bit of that, but, you know, and it, kind of your backstory a little bit. Well, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and mm. um, that's where I grew, grew up and was raised. And um, so we, uh, I moved here, I moved to Nashville probably about 32 years ago and uh, uh, came here for the music and uh, messed around like everybody else and trying to do your thing musically and, and uh, just fell in love with the area um, mm-hmm. and just decided to stay. And, uh, you know, cause a lot of people will move here and they're like, well, I don't know if they'll stay or they starve or whatever, you know? <laughs> and I was one of those that, that came here with, you know, didn't have a job <laughs> and uh, which was not the smartest, probably the smartest move to ever make. But, um, but we survived and uh, raised our four kids here, you know, and, uh, Everything's fine, but uh, yeah, originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, I went to school, like I said, in Charleston, South Carolina, at the Citadel. And uh, after I left there, uh, moved back to Charlotte, and and I, and I did the music scene. I did the music thing there yeah. pretty much all my life. And um, so we, uh, and then I just wanted to come to Nashville and just see what was going to happen musically. And um, so we moved here in in '87, and uh, been here ever since. And uh, uh, I want to take the music yeah. a little serious, more serious than what I could find, you know, yeah. at, at home, you know, because you, you deal with yeah. folks that, you know, you can, you find people that want to get together on Sunday afternoon and jam and this, that, and the other. But I wanted, to try, I wanted to try. I just wanted to try. I was always one of those people that says, well, what if? What if I would have done that? And I just never wanted that, that question. And so, you know, I, I got a, this is what's mm-hmm. kind of get somewhat that. ironic. A lot of people think it's ironic because I've got an accounting degree. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of people like accountant, musician, hmm, that just <laughs> that just doesn't go wrong, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't go together. But um, I did, and so I always thought, well, you know, I've always got my degree to fall back on. If nothing ever – if it doesn't work, I've always got my degree. And so uh, – that's what I want to do, you know, and I, I tried it, and I moved here, and everything's been going well. been ble- very blessed, 
and uh, uh, it's just it's worked out well. And then I got into the acting, and mm-hmm. uh, that's been going going well up until all uh, the pandemic started. But yeah. um, it was going well, and uh, uh, did some stuff in for the Nashville drama show um, oh, wow. that was on, and uh, so that made me sag. And so I joined the Actors Guild Union, and uh, huh. it's just it's, 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 it seems to be falling into place. You know, it's doing real well. <laughs> I love that, which leads me perfect into where we're about to go now. As you know, a lot of people um, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, the glory of a Carey, of a Miranda, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that not that it takes not just to get to their level. But the but to do this at just the career level, and I want to talk about that side of it because I because nobody does, and I think it's one of the right. most important things to, to talk about. And I'll tell a quick story to help lead us where I want this to go, and then we'll discuss that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full time in music. <clears throat> one of the questions I asked Allison was, "What advice would she give an up and coming artist?" I'll never forget what she said. She said, "This is going to sound funny coming from someone full time." But if your heart will allow you to do anything else outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of your friends and relatives. They never understand. You know, they invite you to weddings, to to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But when you're at the very beginning, you're having to grind. You can't say no to gigs, and you definitely can't cancel. So they don't understand. Right. Then on top of that, your right. family has to sacrifice, you know, because it's not just about you. Your family has to has to sacrifice your time because of all this. So they sacrifice. Then if that wasn't enough, she went on to say that then there's many days where you just don't feel good. You you you're right. just you know maybe something happened that day that was really bad. Well, if you got to get that fat, you got to get up there and smile like you're having the best time ever, even if you got some pain inside of you. But then she added, right. she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Well, and, and, I, and I do agree with that. And I, I but, I, you know, I'm also one of those realists that also believe that. That and it's going to sound kind of weird, but I've also mm-hmm. believed that that you don't have to have you, you, to make it and and to perform musically, you don't have to have three three ex wives and file bankruptcy twice, you yeah. know. And and a lot yeah. of people do that and they sacrifice mm-hmm. so much. And and but I also believe in what you're trying to do. I have a lot of people that will come up to me and they're like. Well, you live in Nashville, you know. I like to go move to Nashville. I want to be a star, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. look, this is my outlook. I was one of those. I moved here when I was 22 years old, and I was one of those that spent my time on Lord Broadway, Music Row, beating down doors, trying to do this, trying to do that, getting rejected, getting rejected. And mm-hmm. finally, I woke up one day about five years later and said, why don't I just go out and make a living? Let's mm-hmm. try this. Let's make a living. Now, mm-hmm. whatever that living allows me to do, then I'll be happy. So my yeah. whole outlook on, on the whole music scene is that if someone is doing – and this is in any occupation. If someone is yeah. doing what they love to do and they can make a living at it, 
Now, if that living only allows them to make 30000 a year, 50000 a year, or whatever, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. As long as they're happy and they're doing yeah. what they love to do, then they're successful. They're successful mm-hmm. in my eyes. Now, yeah. everybody likes to come to a place like Nashville or L.A. or New York, and they want to be a star. Well, I do <laughs> agree with that. I do agree with that remark. That if you're going to be that, that. plateau, <laughs> everybody's in your business. Everybody's telling you what to do, every, and you don't have time for yourself, and you're drawn from your family. Just being, just being a full-time musician and traveling, and if you did 100 days a year, you're being pulled from your family anyway. You know, yeah. the, the first few years that I was out on the road, I'd remember coming home and, and – my kids were, you know, when I, it just seemed like when, when I left, they were riding a tricycle. When I came back, they were riding a 10-speed. And I'm right. like, I have missed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I missed so much of my kids' first 10 years of and their life. And that's why I like to talk about this because I think people need to understand that no matter what level you want to be at, even the, even the middle income level of this, there's going to be sacrifice. And that's why I like to talk about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's all sacrifice. It's all sacrifice, and 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 it's 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 good. It's almost like you got to take the good with the bad. But I also, look, I always yeah. try to. Face, I, I'm not a negative person. I try to look at the positive side. So yeah. I look at the positive side. So my schedule's always been to where it's like you leave out on a Thursday, you come back Sunday. You know that type mm-hmm. of schedule. Well, yeah. really, when I'm home, when I was home and and am home off the road. I'm home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I'm home all day. So yeah. I would have time with well, my kids out. all day Monday, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, Wednesday, you know, Wednesday night, and then because we wouldn't leave till Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, so it was kind of like I still spent really, as far as quality time, I probably spent just as much quality time with my kids as someone who worked yeah. a sixty-hour work week. Yeah. So, but th- but then there is that time away. I did miss a lot of ball games. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I miss a lot of church gatherings with my kids going during, during church programs when they were growing up, because I was mm-hmm. out on the road. So it's it's almost like if the person is willing to do the give and take, and if they're not willing to <laughs> do the give and take, family, then that's it's, why it's, it's the it's, whole family sacrifice, not just the artist. The whole like yeah, it's not just the artist. The whole family's got to <laughs> sacrifice. You know, dad or mom's gone. Or whatever. Family bands have it made. <laughs> you know, they can homeschool. <laughs> they and they're all together, all together right? and yeah, they're great. You know, uh, I was never blessed to have the family band, but there is there is a lot of sacrifice. And and and, and like you said, people don't people don't understand because it's like you know, in the earlier years, when I started, you know, you can't afford a driver. Well, I was the only guy in the band who had a CDL, so <laughs> I'm driving the bus. You were I'm the driving driver. the bus 500 miles, doing the show. <laughs> Turn right around, get behind the wheel of the bus, drive another 400 miles to the next date, wow. and you're tired. You know, I mean, my wife always thinks that I've aged probably 20 years since I've been doing this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you just you don't you don't eat right, you don't sleep enough. Mm-hmm. And, and but but everybody thinks it's a glorious life because you're riding around on a tour yeah. bus and traveling. You know? <laughs> it's, it's not all. It, it's fun. It really is. I've enjoyed my life so far, and we'll talk but, about and we'll talk about that in a minute too about the other side of it. The yeah, good side. but it's it, <laughs> but the, but the sacrifice is you, you you stay tired a lot, you stay mm-hmm. tired a lot, and you miss a lot, and you know there there there's no hiding that, you know, yeah. not unless you do. Now the only other side of the coin now, if you get a, if you get enough 
for the lack of a better way of saying, if you get that star that star status and you make yeah. enough money, well, you can afford to have your family with you all the time. Exactly. That's the ultimate goal uh, for some people. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. People like Blake Shelton because he could afford to bring out you know everybody from the brother, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I I don't make as much money as Blake does, so you know, and it is great for him. But yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with what they're saying. But I also look at the other side of the coin with the success yeah. level. Mm-hmm. And but there's so many people that have that star thing in their mind, and I'm like, I don't. Yeah. You know, with what I do, with what I do, with my television show, with um, with the dates that with, that we will play, the dates we have played, I just love doing it. Um, yeah. I could care less when I walk in the subway and everybody knows who I am. That does that's that's not what intrigues <laughs> me. What intrigues me is the excitement of doing my own show, mm-hmm. traveling and seeing different parts of the world, and that's what I like. You know, yeah. and I've been fortunate in my life. Mm-hmm. I've been able to. Be you know I've been paid to go on cruises where you have to pay to go on one. I've been paid to go yeah. on it, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, love and, that. yeah. So you, there's a lot of perks in it and a lot of things. And 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 I've been fortunate in my career that I've been able to take my family on on certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny. My wife when she would travel with me, she she would like to go to places like when we would go to Europe or go to Prince Edward Island or Nova Scotia or Canada. Like, but to get in the bus and go from here to Chicago, she goes, nah, I'm going to set this one out. I'm staying home. So <laughs> you don't want to go to Windy City with me? She goes, there, I haven't lost anything in Chicago. I'm going to stay home. You know, <laughs> And I'll tell her, say, well, I'm going to Canada next month. She goes, I'll go to that one. I'm like, oh, okay. She picks and chooses the date she likes to go with me on. So, Got to love that, um, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> she, She's like, let you suffer the area, but if it's somewhere I want to go, okay, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, if it, yeah, if there's something in it, you know, um, you know, now she, she's retired from her day job, and so now, uh, she has a little mm-hmm. business, but she's always antiquing. So anytime mm. I book something or have a place to go, when when we are able to go, she's, she's like, well, do they have any antique shops? I'll go with you if they've got antique shops, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, and I'll go, no, there's no antiques there. No, no, sure don't, you know. but anyway no i do agree with with the comments i do agree with a lot of it you know they're they're sacrificed and the person has to make sure that they're really willing to make that sacrifice you know yep and i like to bring that out because i think that nobody does out there you know you you, i let you listen to a lot of the different podcasts and radio shows and you always hear the glory side of every artist Mm -hmm. now granted when the big artists now granted the big artists when they're have these big interviews yeah they talk about the nitty-gritty of what they went through but but i want to hear people that are like in that hunt in in it because i think sometimes people forget that the average artist is in the middle of that and if you're going to step into that arena you better you you might can navigate it a little different than some than other people but there's still going to be heavy sacrifice no matter who you are oh yeah definitely there's always in it, and I, you know, and to be honest with you, I think that's in every field. You yep, know, true. I, I mean, gonna if you're going to put your heart and soul into something and, and make it successful, there's going to be sacrifices in anything you do. You know. And now that we talked um, about the the success, the sacrifice side, let's go the other way, flip the script a little bit, and talk about the glory side that everybody sees. When you look back on your career so far, what are some moments? Mm-hmm. That you're like, wow, I got to do that. 
Well, you know what? Really, there there's been quite a few of those, um, and it's just just for the area. I have had mm-hmm. the pleasure uh, performing at the White House. Um, oh, wow. I, I did that several years for for Bush Senior. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mm-hmm. that was just a trip trip in itself, you know, to be performing at the White House. Um, and uh, the Smithsonian in Washington, I performed there. Um, and certain, just certain little things, you know, just, just even going to certain parts of, of the world. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had the privilege of, of being in Japan. I've had the privilege of, of Canada. Uh, I love the Canadian people and Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, uh, places that you just kind of dream. And I think that's what really, that's the real positive thing on me. I look back on, on my life and my career and it's like, I have gone places that I never would have dreamed I would have been able to go to, wow. and and it's and it's not and it's just it's important because you know there's a lot of people when you look at that there's a lot of people have to plan to go on a trip or plan yeah. to go here or plan to go there, and I've had the the pleasure of being able to go and perform at these places. Um, mm-hmm. We were in Europe a couple years ago, and this is what'll blow your mind. Now I got there, we were playing this place in Brim, Norway. And we flew into Amsterdam and played in Holland, went over to Norway, and our translator there, and we got there, and we were loading in. Well, before we, well, before we pulled uh-huh. into where we were performing at that night, there was just mm-hmm. like this crowd that was wrapped around the building like four oh, times. Wow. Like, looked like Best Buy on Black Friday, okay? <laughs> and I'm like – I'm a translator, and I said, who, who else is here with us tonight? And she said, nobody, just you. I said, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. I mean, it's like a little coffee house thing. You know, it's a pickup date there in, in Brim, mm-hmm. Norway. But but it sat like 850 or 900 people, and it was packed. Oh, and wow. I said, oh, my gosh. I was a nervous wreck. I was absolutely was a, <laughs> a nervous wreck. I said, you mean <laughs> tell me all these people are here to see me? She goes, yeah, you never knew you had so many fans in Norway. And I said, I would have never dreamed. Never would have dreamed. <laughs> And it's just little things like that that I look back on, and and it did, it, that I got to, to experience. I'm like, that was, just, that's just an amazing feeling. That people appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, your music. I got a call last last year, and mm-hmm. organization out in the Midwest, they inducted me into the uh, the Midwest Country Music Hall of Fame. Oh wow! And and, and you know, it, it was very, it was such an honor, and it was such a neat experience mm-hmm. because. It, it was an organization out west that had their own society and musically that felt so uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? But they, they, they appreciated what I was doing musically so much yeah. that they inducted me into their, to their own Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. And it was such an honor. It was such an honor. No, it wasn't the CMA, but it's not, that's not the point. It was, yeah. it was their organization, and it was an organization that thought enough of me to induct me into mm-hmm. their society. And that's that's what I that's what keeps me going. That right there just keeps me going. That it, it, I thrive on that because I, I'm so appreciative of people that do that. And, yeah. and those are the positive things in my life. You know, seeing places <clears throat> like that. You know, getting to play mm-hmm. for George. You know, President George Bush. Um, <laughs> doing certain television shows. You know, when National Now was mm-hmm. on with TNN, I've done that show, and that was a lot of fun. And it's you know, I mean, mm-hmm. people get asked to be on those shows. You know. I've yeah. done the Opry, 
And it's just oh, well. little things like that added all up to say, man, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. So what what you was know? that like the very first time you did the Opry? What was that moment? It was ama- it circle? was amazing. It was it it make you a nervous wreck because <laughs> you're standing there on that stage. You're standing on that stage. You know, matter whether you stand in the in the, in the circle, it, it just it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You're standing on that stage where the where all of these legendary artists have stood. Mm-hmm. Some of them that are still here today mm-hmm. are still standing there. And yep. and it was just – and they're so humble there. All of those old artists that were there – I remember walking in, first time I ever played it, and Jimmy Dickens was there, little Jimmy Dickens. And he, oh, well. <laughs> he came up to me and introduced him. He introduced himself to me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I said, I know who you are. And after <laughs> – I said, I'm Jimmy Bowen. And he goes <laughs> – and he said, it's an honor to meet you, sir. That's what he oh, said well. to me. And I'm wow. like oh. – and every one of those guys from, from you know, I played it back when Roy Acuff was alive and mm-hmm. and such a mm-hmm. genuine gentleman. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was so humbling to be a part of that. And to this day, I still strive for that. You know, I still because mm-hmm. I love yeah. doing that stage. And if we could if we could take some of the politics out of it, it'd be great. But but it's just it's just it's, it's yeah. an amazing stage. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing atmosphere. And a lot of the old artists that were there when I've done it is just they're, – they're just so humbling. They don't have – for the lack of better saying it without trying to sound disrespectful to some of the day's artists, they didn't have the, lack of better word, attitude like some have, mm-hmm. if, that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They, they were just very humbling, very nice. I've got pictures of my oldest daughter sitting in Roy Acuff's dressing room and Roy Acuff yeah. sitting on the floor playing Barbie dolls with her. Such a classic photo, you know. I mean, like here she is. You know, she's like three years old, and she's playing dolls with Roy Acuff. And I'm like, this is amazing, you know. This is so cool. But they did stuff like that, you know. And uh, yeah. So yeah, the Opry. I love the Opry. I love it. I love going there. I love performing there. Um, Striving to want to play there more. So yep. But uh, great stage. Love that. We're going to take a quick break now, and then we're going to come back and play your song Red Line and talk about that. How's that sound? Cool. Thank you. Hey, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Hey. 
before spent. Working two jobs, barely bringing home the bread. Doing everything to keep the family fed. We are running this engine on the red line. We're running this engine on the red line. Gotta keep up the pace and keep the shovels in the Another promise can't take another minute. And we're running this engine called the Red Line. We're running this engine on the Red Line. Running this engine on the Red Line. Gotta keep up the pace keep the shuttle in the cold. Love it. Thank Great you. Song. Tell us a little bit about the song, the backstory of that song. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that song um, came to me. Actually, Sonny Lemare, who is with Exile, the great mm-hmm. group Exile, is now producing my stuff. And oh, wow. through my sound engineer, uh, Tony Cottrell, uh, I met Sonny. And Sonny gave me some songs. Was listening to, we were listening to some songs. He was going to take me on and do some projects with me. And mm-hmm. this song Redline came across, and it was actually done by a, a female demo demo singer. And mm-hmm. I fell in love with the song, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. That song, it, as you can listen to it lyrically, has so many – he's got so many words to it. <laughs> and the way mm-hmm. he wrote it and the <laughs> phrasing, and it was one of those songs mm-hmm. I was like scared to death of. I loved it. I want to do this song, but I was scared to death of the song. And so I called Sonny. I said, yeah, man. I said, I want to do this song, but I said, man, this song just scares me to death. I don't know what it is about it. You got nine million words in it, and, and the way it's written, I love it, but golly, it scares me to death. You know, he said, come in. We'll do it. We'll get it done. And so we did, and so he wrote the song, and so we went in and we cut it, and we – we did some other things to it, and 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 it, it to me it came out great. I, I love the song. I even love it to this day, and mm-hmm. now I can do it with with ease. 
but it was just yeah. one of these songs that, that you love, but it's like, man, golly, it's got nine million words. It's afraid. And I kind of <laughs> like it a little bit too. Kind of, it kind of really tells you a little bit about the day. You know, you're working two jobs. Mm-hmm. You're trying to keep, you're trying to keep mm-hmm. going here. And it kind of relates to what's going on now, you know, with people yeah. not being able to work as much and mm-hmm. jobs are being laid off and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, it, that's a, actually that song there is a new release. Um, it actually was released to the Texas market um, Monday on the 19th. So uh, that's oh, my wow. third release down to the Texas market on the Texas charts. And um, hmm. um, I've been fortunate and blessed with with that. They, they've, um, um, I've been in the Texas charts for the last two singles for the last year. And, and hopefully this one will do well for me down there in Texas and, and, and anywhere. But um, I love the song. Great song. So <clears throat> love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, the managers, any of that. And I feel like they don't get enough love, in my humble opinion. So I always like to make sure that they get the love they deserve on our show. So if you want to take a couple minutes to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. The the team I have, Chris, I'll tell you what. I'll give you an example just real quick. When when the television show aired on September 29th, Couple of my guys and and my band leader Dan Dan uh, drove back who plays guitar. Um, he sent me this text and he goes, "Man, I, I saw the, the the first episode of the show." He said, "I really liked it." He said, "I think we did good." He said, "You pulled it off." Yeah. And I'm like, and I sent him back this email, and I sent everybody on the team an email. I said, "Let's get one thing straight. I didn't pull off anything." Up. We pulled this thing off, okay? And Tony Cottrell with Lonely Dog Productions, who's my sound engineer, who does all my backline stuff, to uh, Jeff Mosley, who is my production manager. He does. He's the one my contacts with the the networks. He's the one who got this television show off the ground where it is. Um, mm-hmm. To uh, Sherry Cranford, who is my publicist. She is a jewel yeah, to awesome. work with. I love her dearly, and. She's so easy to talk to. She she gives me ideas, and she has such a career in the music industry. Also, you know, we couldn't do it without her. Um, I've got the band. You know, they're part of this. It's 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 they they work their back ends off for me, mm-hmm. um, and we just have this motto that they need me as much as I need them. We need each other. Yep. So I have mm-hmm. this whole entourage of people that that are on my side and they work with me and try to do what's best because that's my whole attitude. And not that I'm trying to be anything special, but I also have one of those people that there's no I in team. And, yeah. and it's, it's just that way. And from Sonny LaMare, I called Sonny LaMare when that song there, when I heard the final mix on it, so I told him, I said, man, I am so, <laughs> so appreciative that you sent me this song because Sonny LaMare with Exile is such a writer, mm-hmm. performer, that whole band, J.B. Pennington with Exile. J.P. sent me some new songs for the for the new television show. I love his writing. And it's such an honor for me, the way I look at things, it's such an honor for me because, you know, in my world, I, I, I feel like I'm successful. God has blessed me with what I get to do, have these people around me that are willing, because like Tony, my production guy, he worked for Millsap, Ronnie Millsap. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're coming to work with me. I'm like, oh, wow. that's an honor. That's <laughs> an honor for me. You know, it's an honor to mm. me. For Sonny LaMare, 55 years of exile and all the great songs that they've done, all the great shows they've done and the songs that they've written for other artists. 
and he wants to produce me. <laughs> and he wants to give me material. And that's mm-hmm. that's my whole outlook. To me, my whole status is I don't want any of them to say, I did this. I didn't do anything. We did this. It was a team effort, and it will always be mm-hmm. a team effort. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And my team is my team. And and I want, everybody has – if you want to get down to the brass tacks, they all consider me like, well, you've got the final say. Well, I know I've got the final say. But, I, you know, everybody has but ideas. But you trust your team. T- we take – yeah, we talk about the ideas. Well, what's your ideas? What should we do here? What do you think we should do here? You know, and and it always seems to work. And we have our differences, you know, uh, but that but that's fine. And yeah, it's like with Tony, my 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 audio engineer, he he and I have had a few little rounds with certain things. And but at the end of the day, you know, I love him like a brother, and <laughs> and he's good to me. He's good to me. And he knows what I like and knows what I want, and he's a team player, and so am I. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people miss. It's just it's just not that artist who's out there. They have a yeah. lot of people behind them that got them where they are. And I'm like you. I, I, I think that they those people need to be recognized, you know. And, and a lot, especially the people that are working with you to get it off the – especially off the ground. And I believe in loyalty. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I will take care of everybody that I've got on my team right now. I will take care of until they decide to leave me because they're helping me, so to speak, from mm-hmm. the ground up. You know, this television show yeah. was a dream. It's a dream come mm-hmm. true. It's also a real risk. <laughs> yeah, big risk. There may be people might not like it. You know, I mean, we're going to start, but there, but we don't have that problem right now. I mean, everybody's really loving the show. It's relaxed. Mm-hmm. It's laid back. It's it's artist and it's about the music. We're not talking a whole lot. There's no cooking mm-hmm. on it. So we're yeah. not killing time with other things other than the music, you know? And I think yeah. that's what people like. So we're getting a lot of great reviews on it. And so we're going to start the second season. But but there again, what I'm saying to you is that, that it's just – it's a risk, but everybody's in it yeah. together. And everybody's exactly. like, all right, now let's start working on the second season. So, yeah, I agree with you. Everybody behind the scenes are just as important. You know, I mean, my name be out front, and and I'm the main artist, what have you. But but uh, I can't do it without my guys. I can't do it out with my yeah. without Sherry. I can't do it without I can't do it without these people. You know, yeah, it's exactly. just, it's a team. It's a team. It's a team, and it's got to stay that way. And you know, we kind of got a third co-host ourselves. Um, our little eight-year-old boy. We always let him come on and ask one question. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. Okay. Um, but yeah, he loves that. And you know, we got a 19 month old daughter. When she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too, because we are family. Well, family. there you go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine doing it any other way. No, I don't. I wouldn't either. No, not at all. Because <clears throat> we definitely believe in family first. We do. And well, I've, I've got Christopher here. He's ready with his question. Um, what? Hey, Jimmy, uh, I, I don't. Do it again, I'm sorry. Hi, Jimmy. What's your favorite foods? My favorite foods? Yeah. Yeah. Asking me what my favorite foods are? Yeah, your favorite food. Yeah. yeah. My favorite food. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to say probably Mexican. I, I could eat probably Mexican five days a week. Um, Nexus to that would be a 
the hibachi grill. Like you go there where they cook it on the grill, mm. you know, in front of you uh, with the fried rice and the vegetables and this, that, and the other. Um, I love that. Those those two are my top favorite. But you know, my favorite one, I think it'd have to be it'd have to be Mexican. It'd have to be Mexican. Yeah. And what's awesome. yours, Lucas? <laughs> pizza. Yours is pizza. Hey, pizza's good too. Now I I won't turn that down too much either. <laughs> bye, James. Bye, bye. That's funny. I always joke that you know what we need to get like Little Caesars to sponsor us. That way he can say Little Caesars, yeah. pizza, and that would be truthful because that's usually what we order. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he could be eating pizza five days a week, you know. Yeah, that's right. You need to start that. <laughs> so if oh, you could Lord. co if you could co write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Well, you know, I've I've met some great writers and I and I've had the chance of of, of traveling with a, a a great writer who, who left us uh mm-hmm. Probably a little over a year ago, Earl Thomas Conley, and mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. loved Earl's writing, and he he uh, the songs that he wrote about was about life. They were real, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a, a broken heart or you know just a, a love gone great <laughs> or just, and that's what I loved about his right everything. But when you listen to his songs that he wrote, it's still in the story, and. And that's what I like, and I and I would, you know, he would be one of the ones that I, you know, if I would write a song with someone, I would want to sit down with Earl, and oh, yeah. and write. I never had that chance. Um, I traveled with him for seven years, and we just never mm-hmm. got to that point. Um, yeah, I do write some, but I've never considered myself a writer. I've always thought writing was also a talent. Um, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a total different world to me. And, and I, I'm so amazed at how they can put it together. Sonny LaMare yeah. writes some great songs. I would love to write something with Sonny one day. I'm the type of writer. I can always give the ideas. I can give you one line, yeah. but I, I Let can't, them run with I can't ever finish them. <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything else with them, but writers are just, but I would say my, my two would be Earl Thomas Conley and Sonny LaMare because they just, mm-hmm. they're yeah. just, they're great writers, and they can write from different aspects of the walk of life. And and mm-hmm. and when they write, they're telling you something. They're telling yeah. your story. They're saying something to you. Um, and that's what country you know, music like right is. Now, you know, three chords and the truth, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know, I, I'm I'm on this right now, getting the material together for the second show, for the second series of the television show. And we're mm-hmm. doing all new songs and that and the other. And and the writers will ask me, "What do you want?" I said, "I want a story." <laughs> send me a song. I don't care if it's up tempo or if it's a slow ballad, just, but send mm-hmm. me a story. A story. I don't want any. I, I don't. To me, there's, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say anything about. It's just there's too many. You know, the, the beer drinking songs. I, I'm not interested in those. I'm just really yeah. not. I, I don't. I, I want to tell a story. Yeah. And uh, so, the, but it would be. You know, like I said, it would be. It'd be Earl, Earl or Sonny. Or both. <laughs> Sit down and write it together, you know? That'd be kind of hey, cool, there you, you know? Go. But, uh, yeah. I love so, that. But I, I, um, like I said, I just yeah. I, I love that style of writing. So. Yeah, I love that. So um, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini 
where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question because, as you know, whether you've been doing this for years or you're just starting out, it doesn't matter. you still got to have dreams and goals of where you're going or you'll never get there anyway. But I remember when we asked Kelsey this question, the answer she gave us was almost to the T of what she's living now five years later. So it's kind of cool to see. So knowing that, where, what, are you, what is your plan for the next five to ten years? The next five or ten years is that, that good Lord willing, the health stays up and the mind stays clear. Then, you know, I still mm-hmm. want to be constantly doing my tele- television shows. I want these mm-hmm. telefo- television shows. I, pr- I want them to proceed to where we can, where we can do more musically dates. Yeah. You know, um, I want to, 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 to do the Opry more. Um, mm. and you know, if you want to dream there, you know, I'd love to become a member. Um, there you go. don't know like if it'll that. ever happen, but that is a one goal I've always had, you know, um, mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of playing the Opry, but that's another little, a little notch in my gun belt that I would love to be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. and that would be everybody's dream. That's kind of the, the getting that Godfather ring, so that Super Bowl ring, yeah. you know, <laughs> to be able to <laughs> yeah. do that. But, uh, but, but in, you know, I would love, uh, you know, I would love for life to be as it is. You know, I work mm-hmm. hard at what I do and keep doing what I do. And, and I think this day in time with things that are going on with the world and, and, and I have the dreams and the aspirations to do, to do, always do more, you know, yeah. Um, I told the guys in the group the other day, I, I told them, I said, you know, the whole idea here is when we're, when we're off the road from doing 100 to 120 dates a year, we're filming a television show. When we're not filming a television show, we're out entertaining the people. <laughs> mm. And then when we're not doing either one of those, I hope I've got an acting slot somewhere. You know, I like to yeah. work. And yeah. I've always been a firm believer that age is a number. I don't want to mm-hmm. – I don't want to go into the age thing, and you, you know, you tell me I'm too old to do this. I'm not too old to do this. <laughs> I, I'm always, uh, I'm not. You know, I, I think God's put me on a path, and mm-hmm. and I think I, I need to follow it. And uh, exactly. so far, everything's gone well, and and I just want to continue to do well. You have aspirations, but you know yourself when you look at you know we've been fortunate. We have been fortunate. Mm-hmm. Everything's been going on in the last year. I have been able to keep everything going and yeah so that's a that's a blessing in itself so you know in five years i want it to be even better i want us to be even busier i just mm. I, I want it to to keep flowing you know so. yeah now let um <clears throat> let's say that uh, you got a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and there's definitely something there you know as simon cowell would say they got that it factor and that's it. Played maybe forty or fifty shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Um, but they've gotten on stage, and I got what every stage bug. I mean, every artist has that stage bug, and they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring. They just know they're in the right place, and they come to you and they say, "Jimmy, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life." What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next couple years? Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that. It, to me, I look at life as that there's always going to be setbacks. There's always going to be a stumble in the road. There's going to be a roadblock somewhere. Something's going to happen somewhere. 
And it, it, somebody, people that are in that situation and things that are going forward, you know, when I was at the Citadel, I was trained to go in the military. And mm-hmm. there was one motto that we were always trained by, that you you adapt, you adjust, and you 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 make you, – you turn that positive into a negative. So with situations like that, I would tell her, you know, when there comes those bumps, you just got to sit back and say, okay, how can I go around this obstacle? How can I go over it? What do I need to, mm-hmm. to, to overcome, to adjust, to adapt? What do I need to do to make this negative into a positive? And yeah. if you can do that, then you, to me, you will succeed. You may back up two steps, but when you start walking again, you'll take five steps further than where you were to start off with. And that's just mm-hmm. the way I look at it. So with people like with, with individuals like that, and something happens, they've got to have the fortitude and the mindset that nothing's going to get me down. Nothing's going to get me down. This is what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. and yep. and this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. We got a little bump in the road here, but I'm going <laughs> to overcome this. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what they've got to realize. And if they can do that, then they'll be successful. You know, because there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially live here, in, you know, being here in Nashville. There's a lot of people come here and they'll stay a month, and they're like, "Well, I'm out of here." <laughs> well, you really didn't give it time, did you? You didn't give it time. You nope. didn't see. They call it a ten-year city you, you for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's just that that's just my advice for people. You know, with yeah. that, with that way, and I'm that way. I don't like I don't like negativity. Um, we have enough mm-hmm. negativity in the world as it is, so I don't need anybody on my team to be negative. Sure, you can discuss mm-hmm. things, and there's going to be problems come up, but you discuss them, and how can we solve the problem? How can we solve this situation? How can we overcome this? Once we figure that out, then we move forward to overcome it. And, yeah. you know, I had a lot of people, I'll be honest with you, a lot of people two years ago when this whole television idea came in my head that I wanted to do this mm-hmm. two years ago, I had several people laughing at me. Like, you're, you're nuts, dude. It will never happen. Okay, whatever. I don't need to be around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we've had people laugh I don't need about to be around you. Too. Yeah. So, but you know what? When I moved to Nashville 32 years ago, I had a lot of people in Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina, laugh at me too. <laughs> so I, I just, I just let them laugh and I go on. You know, I'm exactly. gonna, I'm gonna do what I feel like I can do and what I need to do. And and if you have that kind of fortitude, I think you'll be successful. And that would be in anything. You know, yeah. I just, I look at it in life in general. It's just if you want to do something bad enough, you need to go after it. Now exactly. there's gonna be bumps in the road no matter where you go. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's so, like when we launched the show. Uh, you know, people are like, "Who are we to launch a show when nobody really knows who we are?" And I'm sitting there like, and I was like, you know, we've got the contacts, I believe, to get this show mm-hmm. off the ground. Sure. <clears throat> and we got the show sure off the do. ground, and we started in one area, and then we grew, and then we grew, and then we've had, and then now we've had people like you on. We've had people like we have had Cassidy Pope on. Don McLean on, Randy Travis on. Um, we had mm-hmm. the Olympian Scott Hamilton on, you know, yeah. Karen Kingsbury on. Um, and, in fact, our fir- very first video interview we did Friday, last Friday, we had Allie Brooke on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who yeah. was formerly um, Fifth Harmony. So, and all these people now are reaching our private messages. Like, how are you getting these guests on? I'm like, I didn't listen to people <laughs> like you. You know, so granted, I right. don't say that, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that in my head. Yo, you're thinking I didn't it. Yeah, listen yeah. to people like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just oh, went exactly. to my business. 
and worked my tail off because yeah. again we've done 247 shows now on our way to 300 our first, the goal is 300 our first year and, I, and as long as nothing major happens to our country right now we'll probably hit it <laughs> yeah good for you good for you yeah and 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 and, and that's where people need to support you because mm. you know people People have to, you know, I always tell this, and I tell this to people all the time, like with your show, with my show, mm. and with what I do, with what you do. I always tell people all the time that, you know, when you go somewhere, when you go shopping, you go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. You go to Walmart, right? Somebody started that yep. Walmart. Yep. Okay? If Sam Walton had started that first five at Don, there would never have been another yeah. – there never would have been a Walmart. When you mm-hmm. take your kids down to – Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you go to the pavilion, you go to an arcade, guess what? Somebody owns that. And somebody had an idea to do that because it could make them successful financially or whatever they were looking for, but you're still doing it. So why is it so silly for Chris and Sandy to start their own show? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Why people have that negativity to start off with? Mm. Oh, because to me, those people have never tried to start anything on their own anyway. Yep, exactly. And and you've got to make your mark. You're making your mark. I'm making my mark, and yep. and that's what it's all about. Uh, I really feel strongly about that. And when I leave this world, I'll leave something behind, and you guys will too. And I commend you for it. You know, I appreciate you so much having me on your show. It's an honor for me to be on your show, and I so it's appreciate an honor to have you. It. And we we need folks like yourselves. You know, we need shows mm-hmm. like you because we 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 you help us. And we hope that we help you. Yeah, you know? exactly. So when you're getting ready to have Ed Asner, dude. <laughs> you're getting ready to have Ed Asner, dude. I mean, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, I don't know. We didn't ever have really that. January, you know, January third. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I wasn't supposed to mention that. that. <laughs> so I, I already yeah, made that announcement out there. Yeah, I already made that announcement. Oh, you had it Cool. I'm sorry, dude. That's I'm just excited for you. I just, I, just, I, I was scared <laughs> I'd let the cat out of the bag before I was supposed to. So. <laughs> All good. But no, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Yeah. And you're right. People like that, you don't need to be around. You yeah. know, I don't. Mm-hmm. That, that's negative to me. I need to be around yeah. positive people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You got to be around positive. Exactly. Right. So as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. We have a website. It's uh, jimmybowen.com. You can Facebook me. I've got two or three accounts on, on Facebook. Uh, they can find all of my – on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon.com. Uh, we've, we've got it all out there. And they can find anything they're looking for more from, from YouTube. So we've got a YouTube channel. And uh, Facebook, you know, Facebook's really big now. But um, mm-hmm. under Jimmy Bowen. Mm-hmm. Website's under jimmybowen.com. And um, so I'm out there through all that social media that they can look me up. And and we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look yes, forward to having did. you back down the road. Hey, I would love to. I would love to. And thank you so much for having me. It has been really a pleasure. It's been fun. Well, thanks. We look forward oh, to it. We'll talk you so to you much. real soon. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm. You too. All right. You Bye. too. All righty. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 